Welcome back to episode... What is it? Four? Four, Episode yeah. four yeah. of the Actually Nothing podcast. Oh, cool. dang, it's four already? Yeah, dude. Yeah. We're really making four. it. I'm, did I miss one and three? Or did I miss... Maybe. Yeah, you missed episode one, and then you missed episode three, the last one that Aaron and I did yeah. together. Mm, we did that last week. Sorry. <laughs> Episode four of the Actually Nothing podcast featuring our guest today, Daniel Tabor. I mean, is he a guest if he was already here? No, time? I guess he's not really a guest anymore. You're not that You're important. You're not a guest anymore. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. I'm like that regular. It just keeps coming back. Yeah, he's back. Daniel Tabor. Back at it again. With the white vans. Oh, oh my boy. God. Okay. <laughs> You're off the list. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice being a guest. What are we talking about today, JP? So... We wanted to talk a bit about uh, success today, you know, the definition of success, how we perceive success, and maybe uh, what our goals are, short and long term, and every sort of small thing that goes around that. Dan, do you have any goals that you got set for yourself nowadays? I'm trying to get to goal. Okay, so you got, well, that's a goal. Yeah, yeah that's counts. a goal. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's a goal. It's small. It's I'm a short term goal. right now. For all of our listeners, We explain. like to play competitive video games, League of Legends, so... Dan's on that grind. I'm on Overwatch, so I do that. I suck at all video games, so I'm just not going to do it. I don't want to hate myself that much. <laughs> so what should what should we do first? Should we talk about... So I think let's, let's make it easy. Let's talk okay. first about our goals, you know, short and long-term our personal goals. personal goals? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a good starting point before we get into, like, how we define success. And then we can come back, you know, round right back to these goals and see like whether or not they play into how we look at success, right? Okay. So let's uh let's start with you, Aaron. You want to go? With, yeah, let's go with your short term goals. Um, short term goals. Well, I guess I fulfilled one of them by being employed in some fashion, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's, congrats, that's, Arnold. Thank you. Very good. Very good. I was had zero income for about <laughs> eight months. Uh, but I got hired, so now I'm a coach for volleyball. That's pretty cool. So hey. I'm starting plans for a, a long-term goal. Uh, otherwise, I'd say like fitness goals that I have going on right now. Yeah. Um, I'm working out a lot, four times a week, and depends. Uh, I don't think I'm aiming for any like specific. I don't want to put like I want to lift this much. Uh, so much as it is just like. I want to get cut yeah, and sure. look aesthetically pleasing. So, Ooh. yeah, at least those are my two current short-term goals. So so we talked about athletic goals or fitness goals. We also talked about jobs and such like that, vocational well, those goals. Are, those are just the things that apply to me. Yeah. Do you have anything else, like maybe hobby goals? Mm, honestly, this whole podcasting has turned itself into a goal. Like, it's a, I don't know if it's so much of a thing as like a... I can definitively say I achieved it, but it's like an ongoing process because I think I've told you guys before that like I like learning about things that I'm interested in. And after, you know, this whole thing kicked off and now that we're doing it, um, doing the whole process of editing and stuff, it's shown me how much there is to do. But it's like, even though it's all technical and stuff, it's really interesting to me. And I like actively learning how to do certain tricks like this. this, this. Or this. Somebody me the world is gonna me. 
And yeah, so that's pretty cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put in sound for uh, Aaron, future Aaron, put in some cool things there. Okay, thanks. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm learning how to manipulate the audio and learning how to become better at editing. So I guess those are, uh, it's an ongoing goal that is Who's your getting inspiration? Um, your podcast inspiration. I've already shouted out them like a couple of times. I sent a couple links to JP earlier, but the two biggest ones were Funhouse, which is one of the YouTube channels that I watch. They're like a gaming channel, but they're super funny and they're, they have really good like insights and opinions on whatever topics that they're talking about. And then the other one is uh, Super Mega. They've done like a hundred something episodes right now, but they're kind of doing like what we do. Like we just like they just hang out and talk and they're a bunch of funny boys. Hey, if you guys, if for whatever ungodly reason, either of these two groups listen to this, please invite me. Okay. <laughs> Give us some love, please. Please. Super Mega Funhouse. Please hire me. I think yeah, yeah. I think starting the podcast was actually in itself a very small achievement because you and I talked about yeah. this earlier in the summer about how we both had wanted to start a podcast and I mean I've got I've got similar aspirations of uh, or similar like inspirations where I was listening to you know the unspooled podcast that's a great one. About, I saw that. I saw it. You know how you brought out uh, endless thread. Yeah. Before? Yeah. I saw it like on a promoted thing on the top of Reddit. I was like, yeah. you talked about them. Endless thread, another great podcast by a uh, Boston's NPR show. What else? I listened to um, Sawbones, which is a really fun one about all of these different types of medical little phenomena all the way through history. That's a really cool one. And so I've just been listening to a lot of independently or otherwise uh, podcasts, and they're really fun to listen to. And so I've always wanted to start one with uh, you guys, you know, just because of how we banter. And I think that we have really great communication and, you know, conversation about certain things. And so I think this podcast in general is such a great achievement, even if it's this first one we do. Even to say that, you know, our, our fourth episode is like this. It's pretty crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, that we've I'm even, so like, far. made it this far. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, I'm so far, thank <laughs> God, so far. Wait, that didn't make any sense. No, no, you don't want to see that. <laughs> it doesn't this is even my matter. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, Dan, would you ever say, would you, could you ever say that you were going to be on a podcast at this point? It just happened. Like, it, it just, just happened. Sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, a little cheating. Man, that's right? just how life goes, right? Like, yeah. things just Ooh. happen. Ooh. Am I already philosophizing too much? We're getting this there. Whole, this We're whole getting po- there. Dude, this whole podcast episode is going to be just like philosophy. It's going to be a lot of philosophizing. And I think like for anyone who does listen, like I think it'd be really great to get yeah. your uh, your take on what we think about the definition of success, which we'll get to. And then also like what your short and long term goals are as well. Mm-hmm. well. We'll get to like all of ours in a minute. I'd like to go on with mine, my short term goals. So I actually made a little bit of a list of mine. So... Like my immediate goals right now are to get a good GRE score as I'm, as I'm preparing for a more grad school. I want to pay off uh, this laptop that I just bought, you know, and be uh, financially fiscal. Let's see. I want to be finished with both of my (laughs) financially (laughs) fiscal. Financially fiscal. Financially fiscal. That's like an album name. (laughs) (laughs) DJJP financially fiscal. We're getting into everything. I'll loosen up. (laughs) (laughs) Finally fiscal. Uh, But to like to finish both of my papers for grad school entry. Okay. um, you know, to spend really responsibly too. You know, like that's a now that now that I have I have more dispensable income, it's like I want to spend money. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like now that I can spend on myself and think about myself, I want to do it more. But it's like you have to put the brakes on and just like you know have that uh, have that foresight bit. to look for delayed gratification, right? I mean, isn't that kind of what you said before? Because you were like when you first started the job, you're like 
Yeah, <laughs> I think you told me that. you told me word for word. I think you're like you're like I'm spending like a slob. <laughs> it's like yeah, oh, yeah, I do, I am. It's but I mean, like, yeah, money. I got like three watches recently. They're all freaking <laughs> slick. I'm just like, dang, I need some more now. <laughs> I don't know how many watches I wait, need. Wait, can, can we talk for a minute about? Do you know, uh, have you ever seen that meme that's like, like you order something on Amazon, you get it, it's like, oh my god, Nick, now my, uh, now my ex- existential terror is over for a minute <laughs> as I wait for this thing. I know, I know, it's kind of what it's like, though, like, uh, waiting for these little, like, these little noise-canceling headphones, it's like, your day. yeah, every, every day I was waiting for them, I was like, oh my god, just a little bit longer until my existential dread will just Those are headphones, for a minute. No, they're not headphones. No, they're just, they're just noise-canceling earbuds that uh, I just... I think you said headphones. You know, I'm not Whatever, trying to be dude. pedantic. <laughs> we, we invite you to be on this podcast. You don't, you don't have to be here if we don't want you to. What else they I got? They look like those freaking earbuds, man. You probably... You can put the earbuds in. I'm just going to put them in. The I'm going to put this yeah. one in, and I'm just not going to listen to He doesn't to have now. a dongle, see, so it's see? not an iPhone. <laughs> these, are my, these are my Bluetooth noise-canceling earbuds. Now I can't hear any of you. Yeah. And that's the point. He's like like in the last one, he's deaf, so he needs Braille. <laughs> I okay, that hasn't come out yet, but when it's up, I sound like such a fucking idiot too. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like oh going back and, and seeing oh. what type of fuck ups we make during the cast. I'm I th- I so think, stupid. I think the death braille thing is gonna go up right next to me saying financially fiscal. So I, I said, I said in another one. You, do you know who Paul Revere is? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah this is like, good too. This is he's good. the guy who called like the British are coming, right? And I said. <laughs> Who's the guy from World War One who did that? He's not from World War. I. Well, whatever. We already had that conversation. Yeah, we, we talked. Yeah. yeah. World War One. So what else? Oh yeah, my other. I have. I have two more. One of them is uh, to stop procrastinating. You know, that's a really tough one because my that's natural like inclination. Life, lifelong goal. It, it's it's tough, but it's also super oh, immediate. Years win. Oh heck no! Did they lose? So this is like their fifteenth loss straight or something. Fifth year. For the uninitiated, uninitiated, um, my sister and I, the high school that we both attend, haven't won a football game in five straight years. Oh, wow, that's a complete lack of success. It's a complete lack of success. I'm just trying to find out exactly how many games it's been now. I don't know. I feel like they have 16 games in a season or some whatever. So, So, right. High school football doesn't mean anything unless you're going on to play in college. Yeah, that's true. So you could say that like Elk Grove's short-term goals are to win a fucking game. Yeah, for yeah one, that's but a short-term like, goal. They got a new coach and everything. Yeah, they still yeah. suck. Well, well, it sounds a lot like Illinois. Season, right? We got freaking Lovey Smith. The first game still garbage. That was the third game. <laughs> oh no! I mean, yeah. I mean, just like we're gonna talk about later, failure is an important mm-hmm. part of the you success know. process. Hey. So five-year failure. The five-year failure is a very. It's it, you. You can only go up playing. when you hit super rock bottom. Ooh. When you hit the bottom of the Marianas Trench, like Elk Grove has, mm. you can only ever go up unless you like have a diamond pickaxe and keep going further down. Yikes! So. The Minecraft yes. reference. Mm. Hey man, I know Minecraft gets like a lot of trash, but it's a good game. It is a good game. I had fun. It's the, I screw Fortnite, dude. I was all about the Minecraft Hunger Games, and that was. That was Fortnite before Fortnite. Minecraft Hunger Games yeah. sounds intense. It was because that was back when Hunger Games were big. You see, I was about the Hunger Games, Hunger Games. Like so the movies? Like... Hunger Games? Hunger Games. No, Hunger Games are the thing that we play every day. Yeah. <laughs> you mean that? About you mean, 5 p.m. You mean seeing the food and like wanting to eat all of it? Yeah. Oh, dude. Okay. I'll, that's another fitness goal for me is like 
recently because I've been cutting super hard. Okay. Like, limiting the amount of calories that I have to take intake every time I eat. That's like a goal. It I is a limit. Goal. I try to limit it to be between sixteen to eighteen hundred, and it's super. I mean, I can't. I can't do it every day because then I just go crazy. But like yeah. getting better at it, so. I keep track of it and you know. try uh, intermittent intermittent fasting. Yeah, I'm, I was thinking about trying that. I, I'm doing like a, a I'm doing like a fourteen ten split right now. It's actually really nice because you go to bed around what like if you go to bed at ten, you wake up at eight. It's like a a great. It's like you're wake up you're wake up hungry and you can eat. Yeah, it's a, and you know it's a fun split. Not really fun, but like it's easy to do it first, and then you can start doing like a. Uh, you can start with a, a heavier split, like um, like a twelve twelve type of split, and then a lot of people do what, like the opposite split, where they they won't eat for fourteen hours, but they'll eat for ten. Yeah, you know, or uh, something else, or an eight sixteen is the one that I've been seeing a lot more recently, and that one's pretty crazy. I can't imagine not eating for sixteen hours. Fasting or like limiting how much you want to eat just sucks in general. That's why that's one of the things why I didn't. Well, I mean, I didn't want to wrestle at all in high school, but. I think I told you before that, like, the high school wrestling coach tried to recruit me yeah. for one season or something because he was like, you you seem like you have, like, a good body type to wrestle because, like, I'm short, but I'm still, like, somewhat muscular. So yeah, he was oh. like, you're good. You'd be good at wrestling. First of all, I don't really care about wrestling. And then second, my friends that were in wrestling look miserable every day in lunch when they told me about, like, I can't eat because I have all this water weight or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm I'm out. I can't do that. So it's hardcore. Yeah, that's too much for me, dude. Yeah, but like those type of fitness goals are like they they sort of cross over into being both like immediate and then also long term. Yeah, because like having an immediate goal or having a fitness goal implies that you want a longer term goal that you you want this like you want to achieve something on a long scale that requires these small little steps. It's like practicing self control now will help me do that much easier in the future yeah and i mean it's it's a you know the same processes apply to like money you know where delayed gratification is probably the best way of doing anything Mm -hmm. just because it gives you like adequate time to look at what you have to use certain money for or to look at what you really want to eat and what you want to spend all those like extra calories on in the world of excess right Got any other things? Well, if we can circle back, I you know I I got I'm one more. Trying to send Jordan the link to the podcast. Oh yeah, we got to get Jordan on this too. Yeah, I'm in league with him right now. Didn't we tell him we're shooting one now? Yeah, dude, I just told him. Nice. I'm saying he's like, hey Jordan, you'll technically be on this one because we mentioned you. Hey, hey Jordan's on it. Feature feature uh, appearance this time. So I had no practicing or no procrastinating, <laughs> no practicing. Yikes! That's the t- complete opposite of what you want to do. <laughs> no procrastinating, which is like a tough goal for me, just because like the way I see it, sometimes I procrastinate. I procrastinate because I don't want to have to deal with negative consequences of doing something. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, with these papers, I did not want to start working on them just because <laughs> really? I knew that I had all of these edits that I had to make. And I knew that they would take me a lot of time and I was afraid to look at them because like, this is my work and to see someone's edits on my work and to question what I did, like, it's almost like a pride thing. And so I didn't want to look at it because I was afraid of like having the personal injury of it. Criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, it's the same as like not wanting to take full responsibility right away because you don't want to have to deal with a bad situation. So it's like a, a little bit more of an in-depth procrastination that I'm trying to combat right now. So that one, I, I, I just want to get stuff done right away. I want to start on things early, like, and it requires that I do a lot of things different for my life 
like you know go to bed earlier oh, wake up dude, earlier that's the hardest it, dude i know man like yeah. dude i don't have to do that because i don't have work until like 4 p.m but then i also go really late so my sleep schedule is like some way tilted towards yeah whatever but you know but sometimes like i don't have anything to do until like the late afternoons as well like sometimes mm-hmm. like on thursdays especially i don't work until later mm-hmm. but i feel like it's important for me to get up early because then i can get up I can sort of look about what my day, what my day is going to be. I can prepare really well. And then I can also just like have everything on a very set schedule. And I won't feel like I've wasted a part of my morning. I think one of the worst parts for me about waking up at like 10 or so or 11 is like, you know, it's already noon and I haven't done as much as I want to. And then like past a certain evening hour, I don't want to do anything. Do you have like a natural wake up time if you don't set an alarm? Um, I know mine for a fact is like 1 p.m. Like I'll wake up. Yeah. on the dot almost every time if i don't set an alarm damn regardless of what time i go to sleep like it could be like 3 a.m or it could be like 12 yeah if i don't set an alarm it'll always be 1 p.m it's kind of weird huh i generally don't wake up past 8 30 anymore yep. so like without an alarm you know regardless i'll wake up around anywhere from 7 15 to 8 30 I, I can count on that to get me up in the mornings just because like if i'm up i might as well be all the way up you yeah. know oh, and, and and <laughs> nice. Can you insert that song like for a minute or a blip right there? <laughs> get like C and D immediately. For those. <laughs> but but so like it's stuff like that. Like wanting to get uh, everything done like really like in the morning and early, and having all of that just be right at the beginning, so that I don't procrastinate or have time to procrastinate. Okay. Got any um, more? Yeah, and the and the, la- the last one I have is to read more and to use my phone a lot less. What kind of reading? You know, like um, books. It's, it's sort of just any type of reading for me at this point. I'd like to do leisure reading or um, st- or like scholarly readings, anything to get me reading in a book, reading on paper, just because I, I feel like I've been tied to my phone a lot more recently. And one thing that really stuck with me lately was I was talking to my uncle and he said that he, he was uh, Uncle Michael, uncle the, Michael, uh, the yeah. professor of jazz at Auburn, a really great guy. He was, um, he was telling me he had gone to a seminar about like how attention spans are totally different now because of the phones. Like if you consider all these like apps that let you browse social media, like it sort of, it elicits a dopamine response because you're going through everything and you're finding things that are pleasurable to you one after the other. And so you're like having, uh, you're having this habitual practice just become so embedded in your routine and you just keep wanting to do it. And it's like creating an addiction because you keep doing, you keep getting that same response. And so, like, what I've noticed about myself is, like, because I use my phone a lot more, I feel like my attention span and my ability to to be patient with certain things is just way lower. So, like, reading was was difficult to start up again because, like, I want to know what happens now. And I want results now because I'm so used to it. And And so reading is, like, almost a practice for me in delayed gratification and having a narrative unfold. It's like watching a movie, too. Like, just letting a full, like, artistic narrative just unfold by itself and you consume it in its entirety and you're forced to think about all of these things you yeah. know and so i think Dang those man. two things like the procrastinating thing and this whole idea of like reading more come together in those in two ideas where i want to be a little bit more present and i want to be a lot more aware of what i'm doing and how i'm consuming types of culture Jeez. and i think this this comes to a, an important point that we wanted to talk about which is uh you know how we look at achieving these goals and how we would talk about success. So I think this is a good time to talk about like, you know, how we would define success. So like, what did we come up with Aaron together? Well, earlier you sent me earlier, we, well, a a little bit, we we didn't like script the whole thing. Like we're still doing this on the fly. Like we're still talking, but for what JP sent me earlier was 
his definition of success, so he wanted me to look it over, and I pretty much came up with the same thing. So, well, at least the way that I worded it was success can be split into two categories where there's a subjective success, a, sub a subjective definition of success where that's what applies to you personally and, you know, doesn't take any input in from outside people because it's strictly what you want to achieve. Like, you don't need to account for worrying about other people's opinions on whether or not you hit this goal that you set for yourself, right? So that would be subjective success. And then the other part is objective success, where it's measured on some metric that was laid either by a group of people or it's just like a common knowledge thing, like um, grades, like grades in school, you know, oh, yeah. you have F through A and somewhere down the line, somebody decided A is a measure of success, F is not successful, but everyone who is familiar with the system has conformed to it. So that objectively is something that people as a group try to achieve. So this is important, too, in a way that we explain it, because objective and subjective success play into how I also define it in the same ways. So the subjective type of success really was important because you can see a lot of things around you as being like quantifiably successful. So the subjective success I like to call um, experiential because it really takes on that personality subjective, as Aaron calls it, where it's like, what if someone's goals are to travel a lot? Or what if someone's goals are to have a family, to be happy? You know, you can't quantify those things. And so having this type of success really depends on your own values and how it, it you know, reflects on your personal values. And so this type of experiential success is limited only to things that you can experience and not count, right? And then the other one, objective success, is uh, something that I took like describe as being qu quantitative. So like a quantitative amount of success, like grades, you're able to write them down or like money per se or, de or degrees or anything that can be measured is quantitative. And so these two types of success sort of go, uh, they, they covers a large realm of what we can consider successful. And so like a lot of our short, our short term goals sort of cross the bounds between the two of them, where like having, having fitness goals, you know, really requires that you have a quantifiable success in the present. And then you get experiential success in the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so it's like, well, to, to make like an example of that for fitness, it could be like, I want to hit a certain uh, body fat percentage and that would be the objective success yes. because that's, that's a number that I could actually aim for. Whereas I, the other uh, subjective success, like I said, is like, I'm looking for the aesthetics in my cut. So if I'm okay with my physical image that I achieve after working out for X amount of time, then that's cool with me. And, but that's like only my opinion, like, right? Yeah. Like I don't. I don't care if the other guy working out across from me is like, the dude could have bigger biceps or whatever. Like, I don't care. If I'm okay with that, then that's like my success. Yeah. I might not necessarily be successful in the way that he wants to achieve his uh, image. Like, we might be doing the same thing, but his idea of success for fitness might be completely different than mine. But as long as I'm okay with what I did, you know, it doesn't matter about what other people think of that. Yeah, screw those douchebags. <laughs> Jim bros, dude. Uh, jabronis. Yeah. You know, this is also really important, too. Because the process, I think, requires a lot of both of these things and a sort of overarching idea and vision about what your long-term goal would be. And, you know, having uh, both the immediate, the immediate objective and the long-term subjective goals are really important because you have to see success. I think it's important to see success as mainly a process, a process of very small uh, successes in the beginning you know, compounding on each other to create baby steps, and then you finally make a larger step. 
like a lot of success doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen as like chance or as luck all the time. You know, a lot of people work really hard in the small term in order to make those big term leaps and to make those big term leaps possible. And so it's important to see how these two types of successes work together in order to create a great plan for overarching success. So that should be, I think we could talk about that now then. Um, we even had, a, I remember we had a conversation between the three of us actually before, before we even had this idea of the podcast taking off, but um, we were talking about a big success, which is like the absolute end game goal. And then we talked about before how like, you have to break, like you said, break it up into intermittent steps. And one of the points that I remember I brought up before was that a lot of times, including myself, people only focus on the big overarching goal. And then they tend to forget that, you know, in order to reach the big goal, you have to be able to overcome all the small challenges and take it step by step and achieve those small victories so that you can actually get to the end goal. Like, uh, for example, when I was in college, you know, everyone wants the degree at the end of the four years or however much time you need to take right but then people will only see the overarching goal as they either get their degree or they get a certain gpa but then they tend to forget oh you know i have to take like all these classes per semester and then i have to do good in each of those individual ones and then you can see each of those individual classes as smaller successes to make create the bigger overarching success which would be getting your degree and graduating and you know when you don't look at it as a as a step by step process, and you can only and you only see the big picture, it really makes the idea of long term success super daunting, and it makes it almost unattainable because those goals are so far in the future and they're so giant, and it's almost like having to climb a mountain in one step. But that's also bleeding into your thing earlier that you were talking about. People want immediate gratification, yes. and because for this case, people will think gratification will only come from achieving that big goal they completely ignore the smaller successes that they make along the way, which, like you said, makes achieving the bigger one so much harder because they're like, well, why didn't it happen right away? Absolutely. And I think I think that this idea of the delayed gratification and how we don't really focus on it too much anymore is really important in our talk about success because delayed gratification is really the whole process of being successful. You know, being able to delay gratification of a long-term success by having to struggle through multiple smaller successes you know, it's it's the cornerstone, really, next to hard work and perseverance. It's the sort of idea that if you keep going and you keep working at it, uh, you can really achieve something greater by having this sort of delayed idea of success. But I think culturally right now, it's we're at a point, at least in my point of view, where I think we want everything right away. And we want, and we want to see everything right away. We want to see all of our successes manifest into something totally like relevant, something where we can base our entire life on it. We want to see all these experiential and quantitative successes all right away when we don't actually see them as part of the process. Yeah. And I think this is this is important because of how social media works and how I think about our perception of success on social media. Because I think social media really works on this idea of, you know, you you have a group of people who you've decided you want to like watch you succeed and achieve things. These are your like friends on Facebook or your followers on any other goddamn account. And you you like selectively choose these people, and then you show them your achievements. You like put up all of these pictures of you traveling places, or hey, I'm so happy to be going to this like so and so school, or I graduated with this so and so degree. And it's a way of showing people all of your successes and jockeying for a sort of superiority position among them, or having them validate you in some sort of way. 
And I think that when you as a person go and you look at all of these continuous successes all over like social media, it, it seems daunting and it seems like I should be succeeding this much as well. But in the re- but in the in the whole like grand scheme of it, you may be in a totally different step as someone else. But what you're seeing is people like a lot of a lot more people succeeding when you're not succeeding. And so it becomes so daunting and it really shortens your idea of when you should be able to be successful, right? And I think that's almost totally responsible for the inability to be uh, like to have that sort of delayed gratification, right? It's really big for me just because delayed gratification is such a big step to make or such a big decision to have or a big like opinion or not really an opinion but like to be aware of it as part of the entire success process. Like to have the patience to know that that's like it's coming. But yes, yeah, yeah, you know, and like it's it's a part of society today and a thing that we can view as social media, right? Mm-hmm. If we look at if we talk about you know even my short term goal of using the phone less, like having all of those little things, all of like these little like memes. Even if you're scrolling through Reddit and you see all the memes that you've selected out of these subreddits. Here's a meme conversation of the week. Yeah, right. Here's our meme (laughs) conversation. You know, if we don't talk about memes and if if Aaron doesn't doesn't crack his voice at least once during a podcast, it's not a real cast. Every single time my voice cracks at least once. Yeah. So so like, you know, even even looking at all these memes and, you know, (laughs) seeing like, you know, someone made this or seeing all of these like things over the news, it can really, uh, you know, show us how daunting all of our personal successes are and really discourage us from actually getting into and getting into the nitty gritty of it. Well, being discouraged from achieving a goal aside from the fact that like that just sucks. Um, I have a little point about that where one of the, like I said, life quotes that I live by, I actually, I don't know if I've told you before, but I have uh, little post-it notes with inspirational quotes that I either wrote to myself or like my sister wrote a couple of them, but I, I tape them on my mirror and I have them with me starting from sophomore year in college. Cause like, I know it sounds super dumb and it's like kind of cheesy, but it's like, it actually helped me mentally. But one of them that I wrote was, uh, don't compare yourself to others. And that ties into you when you were saying, you know, you're seeing all these other people have success and they're all super happy. And then you're left wondering like, how come I, the same thing is not happening in me? Well, when I, oh, there was a voice there cast. It is, there it is. We did it. Okay, real cast right here. Um, but one of the one of the things when I say don't compare yourself to others is because you know nobody is walking the same path. We all have our yeah. own respective journeys that we have to take, and maybe Everybody's got their own grind. Yeah, maybe it's two people. Maybe two people have the same end goal, but the way that they achieve that end goal and the steps that they take to get there don't necessarily have to be the same. Example A again, graduating college. You know, I know a lot of people who did college in four years, but I did mine in 4.5 years. And I know people who do it in longer and that's perfectly fine. And people will be upset about it because then they start to compare themselves. They say, you know, oh, I didn't get my degree in four years. Something must be wrong with me or I might not, I must not be as smart. But that shouldn't be relevant because you're not them, you know, their success isn't your success. You're on your own path and you should only be worried about what you're doing. And I've told this to some friends before who, you know, I, they, they came to me and they said like, you know, I'm kind of struggling, which I do. And I was like, I don't know what to say to you, but something that will help ease your mind a little bit. Like I said, just don't compare yourself to others because once you start putting up this measuring contest of how am I doing compared to this other person, 
then you start to focus less on yourself and you focus more on other people. And then, like we said earlier, your eyes start to drift away from what's in front of you and you're only looking at what other people are posting. Because if you're only paying attention to what other people are doing and achieving around you, then you'll think that whatever you're doing in comparison is like worthless or it's not as good. And it should be good because, you know, you had the power in yourself or you had the will to do something and maybe it's not objectively the same level of success as whatever they did, but it's a success regardless. You know? Yeah, and two things that come out of comparing yourself to others for me that I see regularly is like, if you start comparing yourself to others, you sort of lose sight of your initial motivation. And that initial motivation is really what pushes you through a lot of these, like a lot of these long processes. You know, like if you have such a strong and genuine motivation for some sort of project you have, it's always going to be good because, you know, if your motivation is true, you're going to want to do the best you can for it. And you're going to want to push out the best type of material you can, you can muster. But, you know, comparing yourself to others gives yourself like, you want to be like this person. And then your only goal is to surpass that person. And then what else after that? You know, you're, you're only finding targets. You're finding targets that are people to surpass. And you're not really giving yourself a true and genuine motivation for it. It's really like stepping on people in order to get some sort of like recognition or validation. Yeah. The second thing too is when you start comparing yourself to other people, I think it becomes a lot easier for you to resent the people that you're comparing yourself to. Because it's almost like it's competitive then. And everything that they, they do is pitted against everything you do. And you need to be able to validate what you do against what they do. And so, you know, doing this sort of comparison sort of work, especially in artistic fields or in any field regardless, it, it, it has the uh, propensity towards like making you resent that person and maybe straining a relationship that could be good if you didn't compare yourself to that person. And I think that's such an important thing is to understand that your process is not their process. They might experience things at a different rate that you experience things. But as long as you stay on the path, you know, something my, my dad has told me so often is just like, as long as you have your goal in mind, you have that big long-term goal and you even make baby steps towards, as long as you have that in your head, you know, you're, you're always going to be on a good path. No matter what other, like who else is doing or someone's doing this or someone got this award, you know, you just need to stay like right on, the, like on a steady path and everything else is just noise. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the other cool things that should also be brought to attention, you know, like, like you said, um, when you compare yourself to others and it becomes like a contest of like who you can step on. Yeah. That's why I think it's particularly outstanding when you find somebody who's genuinely excited for success for, of other people. Mm. Like, I guess one of the biggest examples of that would be like sportsmanship. Um, there's a, a quote that's like, real recognizes real or like hard workers, hard work recognizes hard work, right? And when you come into those occasions where you find somebody who's genuinely happy for your own success, that's awesome because it's like, maybe they don't have to come from a position where it's like, I've been there. They don't necessarily have to have come from the same background or whatever, but if they have the empathy to say like, this is awesome that somebody that I know or this stranger like achieved something that they wanted and they find happiness in the happiness of others. I think that's super cool. And I unfortunately feel like it's really rare because the individualism movement that is super prevalent today, how, you know, everyone's only concerned about like me, 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 it sort of turned into a narrative where it's like, okay, I achieved a goal. And then people will just be like, cool whatever but look at mine like it's way bigger right mm. but on those few times when you find somebody who's like you know i'm super happy for you that's awesome that 
is the total opposite of stepping on somebody. You know, you can use that as a source of encouragement and building stronger bonds between people who are also pushing for two separate goals instead of being like, screw you, I'm going to use you as a stepping stone to get to my goal instead. So, And how nice is it when someone who's in your field is able to do that as well? It's the same way I say it's the same, um, you know, viewpoint as having someone in your field who maybe does something better than you, you know, rather than having uh, rather than having them be like a nemesis or someone that rivals you, you know, you can use their work as a springboard to make yourself better. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot of perspective, you know, like rather than making it an individualistic practice of I want myself to shine out more than this other person. If you use that person as like a, a, you know, a great giant mirror to look at yourself and say, Hey, they do, they do these things really well. And maybe I don't do these things super well, but their encouragement means a lot to me. Maybe I can like step up and try and do this even better and use their example as a way to get better. Yeah. And and that sort of way, like competition becomes a, it can be both good and bad. Yeah. Competition. Well, competition doesn't necessarily have to be this negative thing where you're stepping on people. You're trying to best someone in poor spirit, but rather competition becomes like, a way to better yourself using people around you who are of like competence or are even better. Yeah. You know, like being around, like, like we said on the, on the, 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 last, the, on the podcast about yeah. romance, we talked about, you know, you want to like being around people who are also striving because they make yourself better, yeah. you know, and that's, just, and that's the same thing. You know, you want, even if people are better than you, you can always spin it into a way that's like, you know, even though they're better than me at this or that, you know, I can learn from this and I can, you know, take their example and just try and work harder. Yeah. And I can like use it to show the faults in myself and then build myself up to be a stronger person. That's like a strong foundation for anything, I think. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, what is it? It's like, well, I won't call it copying, but they say like imitation is the biggest form of flattery. And yes. to an extent, that's true because I mean, whenever we listen to music stuff, we're always like, this piece isn't really original because you can clearly tell whatever like musical inspiration or musical influence they had before, like they clearly drew from it, but it's not like you can, you should put them down for using that. Like they, they were clearly inspired by somebody who achieved a level of success. Right. And they acknowledge that that's a cool thing. And they also wanted to share in that. So they, well, the Kesha Katy Perry thing, that's like, okay. Well, that's because that was, that was, that was, that was produced like by the same production, guy. production though. That was um, the same dude, right? In the same Yeah, the same guy twice. produced, he produced the same song. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, that's if you not, listen to uh, Kesha's TikTok and Katy Perry's California Girls, they're the exact same song. There's a video on YouTube that if you play it, it plays the two songs at the exact same time. It's just the same damn song. It's the but same I, song. But I think, you know, I think this is important an important, uh, you know, clarification to draw imitation you know is such an important you know imitation is the greatest form of flattery in a way that if you use imitation as a springboard for yourself and as a way to explore different sounds that you really like it becomes such a positive force for creative good you know like and then if we draw a line with music that type of music especially uh imitative music we it sort of falls into a different type of imitation that's more formulaic than it is um doing it for the sake of liking it you know it's a it's a formula that works and you imitate it because it gets the same amount of attention or of attention and people like it and so it gets you know more money to flow yeah it's a different type of imitation that i think we could you know go into a whole nother podcast about maybe a separate time like the sort of uh the state of musical affairs today but imitation i agree is such a you know to look at someone who's doing something better than you and to imitate and use that as a way to reorient how you're looking at something is such an important part of the success process. Yeah. And this is a great time to talk about, you know, one of the 
least favorite parts of the whole process failure as a reorienting aspect right that's that's one of the another one of those life quotes that i have on my things is i didn't even write this my sister wrote it to me and it's really simple but it's pretty profound and it really helps but it's failure leads to success you know i mean i'm sure a lot of people have heard the whole like michael jordan didn't make his high school basketball team or whatever and regardless of whether or not that's true like in the end he came out to be The goat of basketball, you know, so there's some merit to the fact that, well, okay, let's, let's re say that focusing on the big goal, we have the smaller goals, right? And like we said, you have to achieve smaller steps to get to the big goal. But sometimes I don't want to confuse, or I don't want to confuse smaller, the smaller goals with strictly success. The steps can be independent of being defined by achieving an objective goal. How about that? So if you fail to achieve something, that could very well be a successful step to achieving the greater goal. Is that more clear yes. to say? I don't know how else to no, say that. I think I think it's important because um well like in a in a way that achieving the smaller goal is is a way of getting to the larger goal. If you look at failure in if we rebrand failure as something that's less defeating but more of a more of a necessity you know it's a, like i said in the beginning it's more about reorienting it it's a if we look at failure metaphorically as a sieve for all of your actions going forward you know it sifts out all of the things that really don't didn't work with your process yeah. before yeah it's a learning learning process absolutely and so like i think it's super important if not of the utmost importance to look at all of your failures, you know, assuming that you did everything you possibly could towards getting yeah. towards a goal and you and it didn't work. You know, you, you can't, you can't cite laziness as like, uh, yeah. if you were lazy during then a process, you're just like playing the victim. Yeah. Right? yeah that, that's victim not, that's not putting yourself in the best possible situation. It's like how, you know, my, my instructor, he's always said like, in competition, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake, as long as you practice as much as you could and you like prepared yourself as much as possible. If you're prepared and you make a mistake, I mean, shit happens, you know, yeah. you can't control that. But if you like, if you don't prepare and you make a bunch of mistakes and you say like, oh, I'm traumatized because of that, like that's on nobody else but you. Yeah. That's not anyone else's fault. So assuming that you did everything you possibly could to make sure that your process could have been, uh, had the greatest possibility of being successful and it doesn't work, it's a good time to use this like time of, you know, really temporary defeat to look at it and say, you know, these things, these parts of my process are a little bit extraneous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these things don't need to be there next time. Maybe I can reorient, reposition what I really like and parts of my goal so that the next time I try and move forward or take steps in advance, I have a better chance yeah. of doing it. And sometimes I also think that people need to understand that occasionally failure is a necessary step in order to be successful. Like you said, sometimes most of the time success doesn't happen overnight people will hit a wall but the whole point is that they keep they keep throwing themselves against that wall until it cracks and they get through it and what is throwing yourself at something repeatedly other than you know failing until you, you break through it which is at the point when you achieve success and the whole acknowledging that failure is a, a is a step to success can be summarized as, you know, the grind. We all call it that. Grind. Um, I'd like to take this moment to talk about, you know, you, you know, we talk about how you throw yourself against a wall in order to get it to crack. Yeah. And then you finally get it. 
I, I'd like to talk about, you know, just a great example of this that I recently saw is the story of, uh, you know, Navy SEAL and astronaut Johnny Kim. Have you heard about this guy? Oh, is no. that the Asian dude? Who's yeah, like, yeah. He's got like, he's so decorated with like degrees and like achievements. It's ridiculous. Um, so, okay, wait. So rewind. I'm wrong. It's a different guy. Oh. It's another guy who's just like him. He's, he's super decorated. He was like, he was the only like personnel to be a SEAL member, to be like an AT, like an air control officer, and then also to be an army ranger. Sheesh. But this guy, this guy had so many failures in his like first initial steps, and he just kept pushing at it. He kept picking himself to like uh, to get into what he wanted to do, and he finally did it. And look where he is now. He's like super decorated. He's so accomplished. I think he completed like an Iron Man with like um, an, a defective heart. He had like a, like a heart murmur. He shouldn't like. Apparently his heart was only working at maybe like sixty sizes too six, small, sixty percent capacity, and he still did an still Iron did Man. So like I can't fucking do an Iron Man. Like isn't that insane? Yeah. So it really it really points to like that sort of self determination and like really trying to push yourself in a very very genuine way, you know. Yeah. And so I really like the idea of rebranding failure not as like a failure has such a poor connotation to it. It's not yeah. really failure. It's really just like. I, I like change to, in circumstance. Yeah, it's a change in circumstance. It's definitely like I like to call. I like to think of it as a sieve, or as like a great yeah, a sieve of sorts. I can't yeah. think of the other word, but something that like takes away all the extra material that didn't work and helps you find a way that does work. There's a, an interesting thing that I read recently where people were talking about the merit of rebranding percentages. And really? yeah, yeah. So it's like, what sounds better to you? There's a 90% chance of success or a 10% chance of failure. I mean, the success one, of right? course. Yeah. It's like they, they, they switch the words around so that it's like, instead of using the 90% chance of success, if an advertisement put like a 10% chance of failure and they see the word failure, that's all they focus on. And then they completely ignore the other half of the st- statistic, right? Success versus failure. Yeah. Like, uh, or maybe if you put it in the context of like gambling at a casino, yeah, like like you are playing like a a, a hold'em hand or like betting on like blackjack or something. They're like, there's a a thirty percent chance that you'll win a hundred grand or a seventy percent chance of failure. If you see seventy percent chance of failure, it'd be like, well, I'm just gonna lose all my money if I go after that. But then if you show all the gamblers, there's a thirty percent chance of success that you'll double your money. Ooh. They'll be like, ooh, that's thirty percent. You know, yeah. they'll be like. 70% chance, whatever, they, they don't even hear the word failure. They just see 30% chance of doubling your money. Ooh. And the advertising just entices them to take the risk in the first place. So it's it's kind of manipulative, but it's an interesting thing that I read recently. Hmm. What are you reading on, Japes? I am just trying to find, there's this video that I was looking at. It's got a word that, it's the, yeah. So I was, the word that I was looking for earlier, it wasn't sieve, it's filter. And, um... You know, I was just reminded of a video that, like, do you know about the Great Filter? I've heard of it. I don't know what, remember what it is. The Great Filter is the idea that, um, in order, it's a it's a way of looking at humanity as a whole and how we can survive in the future. So, for instance, the like Great the Purge. Well, the Great Filter is like, um, it's a naturally occurring phenomenon that I that um all living things get to, and then if they can't if they can't surpass it, they all die off, and so like. The whole debate that the video summarizes is that if the barrier is behind us, then we're extremely fortunate because we've already passed the barrier. We're super special as human beings in getting somewhere really important. But if the barrier is in front of us, we're fucked. 
because like is it talking about like nowadays? Yeah, nowadays. Oh, that's like, similar to like the Darwin thing. What? What was that Darwinism thing where it's like somebody's just strong so, will survive? So, someone's so much of a freaking idiot that it's like, and then they go and get killed off somehow, like in some. It's like they deserved it. Like they almost freaking deserved it. It's oh, like, like the Darwin Award. That's a little bit different. What's than that. that one called? The Darwin Award. The Darwin, the Darwin Award. Award. Yeah, yeah, that, the Darwin that's a, Award. that's a little bit different. I think like so for anyone who's interested, like it's called uh, it's called the Great Filter. Um, why alien life would be our doom. Um, it's by the channel, a fun channel called uh Kurz Gesagt. It's uh K U R Z G E S A G T. It's a fun, like, informative channel with great animation. I I like to watch it for fun. You know, they do a lot of summarizing, so you have to be aware of that. But it's, in general, really informative. Anyways, so we were talking about... Let's talk about our failures. Yeah, so yeah, let's, we, can, we, can, we can talk about some of the failures that we've, you know, recently got. Do you want to go first? Oh, my God. Okay, I don't know if it's recent. No, it's not recent, but I could tell you about a failure. Actually, I don't want to brand it as a failure. I want to brand it oh, as... Yeah, that's what we said. I want, yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm going to rebrand it as a, a motivation factor instead. Uh, so this, this happened, I think, junior year. But I went to a friend's apartment party, right? Some of my friends were just like, hey, you smell good. I was like, cool, thanks. And then um, I sat down and I talked to this girl, right? And then she, she's like, you smell really good. If you were any other, she's, I, this has stuck in my head to this very day because it's like a thorn in my side. It's weird, but it's, she, she said these words to me verbatim, but it was, you smell really good. If you were any other guy here, That's I would dirty. be ready to go. That's dirty. Do you know oh. how fucking horrible I felt at that moment? It was like somebody took a rusty piece of rebar, sharpened it. Then heated it to a thousand degrees, stabbed it into my chest That's while twisting it, and then bent the rebar that was sticking through my chest halfway, That's made really, a ring around it, and then tied a 50-pound weight so it dragged through the bottom of my <laughs> diaphragm until I choked and bled to death. Uh, like You know, it's kind of like, I, holy I think shit. That, I think that's not even, that's, that doesn't even deserve to be a failure, though. Because well, like, okay, so here's the, here's why, the thing. Why would you call it, it a like, failure, then? At the, at the moment, in the, in the moment, like, when that happened, like, it was just like a fucking slap to the face. I, I was like, I, I didn't outwardly show it because I was like, okay, whatever. I just continued on the conversation as if nothing happened. But in, in my head, I was so taken aback that I was just like, I was like, how do you, how do you even respond to that? Like, that was just like, if she was drunk, who cares? But like, that's like kind of just a shitty thing to say to somebody. And, and at the time, like, you know, my ego or whatever, I was pretty hurt. And I thought about it sometime later after letting it leave my system, right? But then I thought about that, and then I was like, all right, well, screw that. Um, I'm going to use that as motivation, because that, that little bit of anger that I felt from that particular moment, I use that as a driving force to work out really hard. That sounds kind of weird, but, like, I do. And one of the things that I've been asked before... I, I work out sometimes with some friends and back in school when I was working out with one of them, uh, they were like, why do you work out? And they're like, why, why do you go to the gym like four times a day? I was like, well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like it's so that I look aesthetically pleasing for females so that I can get a girlfriend. Oh, future wife, girlfriend. Uh, that's why I'm doing it. You're welcome. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I seriously use that moment from 
when I felt hurt from that comment to be a driving force for like, I'm going to achieve this because I don't know if I've told you guys this, but like in certain regards or like certain aspects of my life, like I get super fucking vindicative about things. Yeah. So if it's a thing that I'm passionate about and somebody tells me like, you can't do this, my attitude towards that, I I just 100% go, fuck you. I'm going to do this. Hmm. Like, um, I've heard this. Or is that how what? you got to the diamond? To- yeah, totally. Because all the shit no. talking that other people Did, were is like. Is that how you got to no, diamond? No, 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 no. That was just like a grind. Okay. But like. Um, Dude, I'll, I'm trying to get to gold. Man. I'll, I'll, put, an, I'll put an example on it where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm short. I'm 5'3". Like, not the tallest guy around. And a lot of times people will be like, oh, he's short. So like he can only have a certain amount of like a body type. And that's like a, an image that's super perpetuated by like Hollywood and media where they're like, if you're not tall and have a good body then like you're not gonna have romantic love or like or you're you're resigned to a typecast where like you're like the the funny guy or whatever right and i was like fuck that i might be five three but i'm still gonna have like i want a good body so lo and behold all of the vitriol from those comments that i'm seeing i'm pushing against the grain and i'm saying like i don't care what other people decide for me i don't give a shit about your opinion like i'm gonna achieve what i want and that's why I'm working out so hard and it's turning out pretty good so far. And, you know, like I haven't quite achieved my goal and I'm still working on it, but I'm using all of those like negative emotions that I felt from seeing all this bullshit about being tied to a certain image that I'm just like, you know what, forget it. I don't care anymore. And I'm only going to focus on me. And that's made my fitness goal journey a hundred times easier than it would have been as if I was, you know, just going to the gym every day and I don't really pay attention to it and I just go through the motions like if I have a spurring driving force behind what I want to do it makes achieving my goal and the drive and the grind that much easier so yeah yeah I think it's a great way of like um of spinning a situation that you feel is not in control of like that you feel is a lot more perpetuated by people around you Mm -hmm. in a way that's more positive towards you in a way that you have control over dude oh my god Telling you, telling you that story though, like my Dude, heart, crazy, my man. my heart rate just shot up. Like just thinking, even to like that's dirty. I, I don't, I don't, hell, dude. I know, like I don't, I don't let it bother. It's like I'm not like depressed about it or yeah, anything, but, but like, still so dirty. but like I, I get, like, I get heated like, about it. But like, I think, I think, I, I think general, it's just it. like yeah. you know, that's not something you really want to say to someone. I mean. Even for um, even if it's your good friends too, Was it it's like, like some douchey sorority girl. Well, I mean, like I know the person, like I forgive them, whatever. But well, like I got, I'm, I, se- I'm separating what they said from the person for the sake of the motivation behind it. You know? Yeah, and I think it's just like it's important uh, for other people to be a lot more sensitive to stuff like that as well. It's like it sort of throws you under the well, bus yeah. by saying something like L- that. Luckily, like yeah. I'm hard skinned enough and self-aware enough that I like didn't let that destroy me internally. And I yeah. instead, like I said, spun it into a good thing. So, you know, and it's, it's some things, it's some, it's things like that where even really small little instances of discouragement can really seem like detrimental or really daunt or, you know, just horrible to look at, you know, it can really push someone down if they weren't, if they didn't have the same mindset as you. You know, I, I've definitely experienced things where like someone will say something in passing and it definitely just like hits me in a weird spot and yeah. like it'll take me out for like, you know, a day or so. It's really weird. It really does is not good for like your personal space sometimes. Yeah. I think my um I think my example of like a personal like defeat. So like I'm a musician and um one thing that I I've, I've always expected is just to be a great musician at all times and to always have like you know, always be like hot shit. You know, I've always yeah. wanted that. I've always wanted that sort of validation. I used to get it a lot. 
And I think that it sort of fed my, yeah, it fed my ego a lot. I was, I'm a good pianist. And so like, and so like, you know, when you get to the, when you get to that level, you know, there's just a lot of good musicians everywhere. And it's super discouraging to see like, you know, so many good musicians. And like one thing that I, I kept in reservation is just like, what if playing the piano isn't like the one thing I want to do all the time? And it, it really hit me because like, I've got friends who like, you know, bless them. They've got this great motivation to play the piano at any given moment. It's their love and they do it all the time without, you know, without much complaining. And then there's me and like, I sometimes just really struggle to get to the piano. I really struggle to enjoy it. And so like, you know, this really this led to a lot of self like introspection and like checking on really like what really uh, made me happy. And so like, I made the switch to go with more of an academic musical setting while also playing piano and like, you know, still focusing on, it, but really putting my attention into an academic, you know, idea. And so that to me was really tough because like when you, all you know is piano for a long time, it, it's kind of like getting away from it and shifting your orientation towards something else seems like a defeat. It, it seemed like I was giving up on something and because I didn't feel like I was good enough or I didn't feel like I had it in me to do it. It, it, it was really bad because it, it just felt so, um, it made me feel like I wasn't a real musician to try and go into something more academic oriented. It was almost like a cop out. But so like after, you know, I, I have great friends, you know, you guys are among them and like Thanks, all, other, fr- other friends who like, who keep me up. And so like just being around that sort of mentality just allowed me to think about, you know, this, this isn't a failure. It's not me copping out to something that would be easier for me. It's more like, I'm refining how I look at what my interests are and what type of success I want to get into the f- in the future, mm. and I'm reorienting how I'm looking at t- uh, how I'm looking to. So get for there. me, like it was a compromise. It was like I really like doing both of these things, but what do I reasonably see myself doing in the future for a longer period of time? What's going to make me happiest, you know? And what's going to hit all of my like all of my um, tick marks for what a successful life means to me, right? Mm. And so and so really. A defeat like that, which kind of kind of comes into like a, a, an existential idea of defeat. You know, I, I was able to take it and turn it around into something that you know I'm driving towards a goal now. It's like something. It's a life changing experience almost. Dan, what about you? Like uh, failures? What's a what's a, a failure that you've experienced that you like you might have like reoriented or something that any was like tough. big outstanding things that you remember? Yeah, yeah. What's something that stands out to you right away? Dude, I'm... He's uh, losing in lane. No, no I'm jungling. <laughs> I just feel like, um... I don't know, I'm boring, I guess. That's how I... Boring? I don't know, I just feel like, um... I don't know, I'm dull, kind of. Like, I don't what? talk that much. And then people want to be interested. That's how they, um... they get You get to a conversation point, and that's how people get comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. Because you're speaking constantly, and then they get used to your voice, and then they just get more comfortable with you as a person, because they have more exposure. And I feel like uh, I don't get people that comfortable point um, as often as, you know, for social stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, um, I guess like talking more is something that I could probably improve upon. But so even this is a great... And then, uh, yeah, not doing sorry, that sorry. and not working on that is something that um like being stagnant with how I am. Yeah. And then uh, not continually making progress. I feel like I'm just being lazy. So I guess that could be considered a failure. But so, you know, like... But like, at least you, you still recognize though that like, that's something that you're actively working on. And yeah. like that in itself is like the first step to achieving that goal of your, or your goal of being, I guess, more socially adept or whatever you want mm-hmm. to do with it. Right. And you know, this comes at a really interesting time when we're, uh, you know, when we've already shot that episode about conversation, oh, and, yeah. you know, it's a, 
It's it's kind of super. Yeah, you should listen to that. Super opportunity. Opportunity. That well, it's not, it's not out yet, but it'll be out by the time we do this one. Yeah, yeah. But we had a really great conversation about conversation in itself, and we talked about like how we made people feel comfortable in conversation, how we got people to you know open up and to develop you know good relationships, and that's really the basis of all conversation. If I can if I can just relay some of that information from there briefly, uh, just for you right now, you know, one part about conversation is that people will talk a lot if you ask them. One of my favorite documentaries is by the guy who made the film The French Connection, which is a great film. He made another film called um, The Thin Blue Line, and it's about the police force. It's about how he, how this director was able to, he was able to get like certain witnesses to talk and make them feel like they were part of a, a super serious documentary when it was actually a little less serious. And, like and a his, Sasha Baron Cole. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. He prompted, he was able to prompt situations using his personality. But one thing that he said was that people really want to talk. And if you ask the right question, if you ask the right, the right questions or you just ask questions in general, you let them talk and you be silent, they will want to fill that space. And so, th- you know, maybe like don't think about like, don't think about you need to fill space. Think about like, you know, I, I need to set the platform for other people to t- so so that they can feel more comfortable to talk more, you yeah. know? So that's like, you know, another way of just taking a situation and spinning it into like more goal oriented, less defeatist, you know? Mm. But I mean, you're already in that track you know, having this motivation to want to be better at that is already taking something that you might feel is a weakness in your personality and wanting to be better. So like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's already admirable and you're already at that spot, you know? Like some people don't even, they'll just complain and then they don't realize that like they can do something to fix the problem. Mm. And then that's like falling into not necessarily victimization. Well, it kind of is victimization, right? Because if you're complaining about something that you clearly have some control over that you can fix and it's like, well, why don't you just do that? And I feel like, I mean, I'm not going to say like, you know, a person who doesn't do that is better than the other person because like that, that's happened to everybody. Somebody, everyone, you know, has their moments of complaining, but they don't realize that, you know, they can change something about it. And having the self-awareness to know that, you know, you can take these steps is super good. Yeah. And it's something is a characteristic that I think is one of the things that defines a successful person. Sure. Yeah. Right. I think like having that, um, what is that? What was I about to say? Like having that sort of idea of victimization, like it really uh, spurs, like it doesn't spur you on to do anything. And, and victimization is, is a part of that process that doesn't help you at all. And it's, I, I think something super important towards the overall success process is understanding that like, if something's really shitty, like the first thing you can do is always try and identify those things that you can fix right away. You know, little things that will make your life easier or little parts of the puzzle that need to come together first. Once you get those things under control, you can sort of start branching out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I really like how, you know, we've used certain personal failures or certain personal defeats as a way of creating longstanding goals. And I think that it's a good time to like talk about now what our long-term goals are, because we really haven't given that some, we haven't uh, laid those out just yet. And I think like now that we've talked about like how we can go by, like how we can go through success, how we define success into objective and subjective success. Mm-hmm. I think now it's a... What are long-term goals? Yeah, are? let's talk about some of our long-term goals. Um, let's go in the same order. You uh, go first. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, one of them for sure is, I think that's something, it's a, it's a goal that everyone wants is, you know, financial stability, <laughs> financial, financial, whatever you, we said your <laughs> thing was... <laughs> What is fiscal it? Fiscal financial, <laughs> financially fiscal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to. I want to be financially secure in my future. 
Um, I took like a, a personal finance class and that taught me a whole lot about the steps I can take to do that. Um, you know, right now, like I've been telling you guys for the past couple of months, like, you know, the whole job struggle and all that stuff. But I mean, I'm actively taking steps to achieve that, right? Yeah. So that's one of my long-term goals. Another long-term goal, I already said it, but like the whole fitness thing, like I said, I'm not exactly the tallest guy around, but I decided somewhere along the road that I should, you know, I can at least have a good body. So that's what I'm doing. And I don't know, those are kind of the two major ones I have for myself right now. Anything you got, Dan? Uh, I want to get to gold. <laughs> hey man, that's a long-term goal. It is a long-term goal. I was like, I want to hit diamond, and then I did it after a while. Well, that's short-term. I don't do it anymore because it's. I think what we're gonna realize, you know, going into these like long-term goals, is that the long-term goals are essentially just like more sophisticated short-term goals. <laughs> I mean, so that's it. Kind of is right. Yeah, like you said, like inflating the smaller term goals. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just like taking the smaller taking those small goals and then like taking your perspective way back. It's like how um looking at a scene, like a movie reel scene and then mm-hmm. looking at the entire reel in general. You Ooh. know, like you know, you can't make a whole movie without having the individual scenes, uh-huh. right? So it, you know, it, it's all a process. Like like for mine, I've got like getting a good job as part of it and that's like you know, part of being like part of uh, doing smaller steps right now, like, you know, getting a good GRE score, or, like mm-hmm. not procrastinating or stuff like that, um, you know, making enough money to be comfortable and to like sate my desire for like more material things mm-hmm. or, you know, something just like a, for me to live comfortably really needs that. Uh, yeah. It necessitates like a certain style of living, I guess. I don't need it, I guess, but, but if, you if, want it, it, if I want it, it's a yeah. goal. And that's part of being more fiscally responsible. For like fiscally financial, fiscally financial, <laughs> of fiscal. course. Um, I have like, uh, like have my work be influential Ooh. and feeling fulfilled, and those two things are uh, the last two things that I have that are super important. The idea of um, fulfillment and success, and then also the uh, a sort of rogue third definition of success that I like to call um like a, a legacy of success. Ooh. Oh yeah, so, oh, because so I, I'll explain it. Essentially, quantitative and experiential success, um, sub, uh, objective and subjective success, respectively, they sort of work on the fact that you are there to experience them. But, you know, if we take a specific example, like the artist who makes something and doesn't experience any success, whether objective or subjective, and then dies and someone finds their work and loves it, you know, that you'd consider them to be a successful artist posthumously. Mm-hmm. And there's no other way of like... Dude, Mac Miller just died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. You know That's crazy. Aretha was Aretha was gone last month, Mac Miller this month. The guy from We Came as Romans died. What? Oh my god, what happened? He died, didn't he you? Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He overdosed, I believe. What? I believe he overdosed. Oh man, same with Mac Miller. Um but so like and then I, I started got... listening to him. That's the weird thing, man. Well, I haven't that... listened to as much XX Tentation or freaking Mac Miller. Ever since they died. But so that's that's a weird thing too. Like when someone dies, it sort of like pushes it, it sort of pushes a popularity in their work. I think that's uh that's definitely a phenomenon from like nowadays. You wouldn't get that from like older times and you didn't have such easy access to technology, right? Yeah. Um but so like what about um it would be more akin to the SoundCloud rapper who didn't have it who didn't have anything good or didn't have any acclaim, and then he died and someone discovered his page and it was full of gold. You yeah. know, like it's it's like how do you how do you um I guess talk about that success and it's more about 
their success is a legacy type of success, something that everyone else experienced except for them. And I mean, uh, one caveat to this, as was pointed out to me earlier, was that, you know, certain people have both already. Like you can have all three of them at any given time. But I think, you know, like the president, like President Obama, when he was president, he's, he's got a legacy. Yeah. He's, he's he has, a, U of I he has a successful legacy. He's got like qual like quantitative legacy. You know, yeah. He's the fucking president. And he has like all of these what degrees and whatever you can yeah. say that he's successful and he's the fucking president. That's like experiential in itself, you yeah. know? So like certain situations lead you to having all three of them or however many you want of types of success. But I think like in order to be fair to, you know, most general types of success, we have to consider legacy as part of it. And you can actively be working towards a legacy of success while you're living. But, you know, just in, just in the case that you die without having any acclaim, this covers that. Well, that's one of the things, too, that people commonly put as a life goal, right? Like they want the generation after them to be either equal or more successful than they were. And I think that we should be thankful for our, to our parents for that. Mm. We were put in very, like, all things considered, however much we complain about whatever issues we got, like, we got a pretty damn good star on life, you know, like, we got pretty good suburban middle class lives or whatever. And like, we're fortunate enough that we're not the dickhead type of people that take everything <laughs> for granted. Like, yeah, we know where we came from. And we know where we want to go. But we also know what was put into to get to this point for us to even do that. What's a bigger example than the fact that the United States is built Literally, its whole legacy was built on immigrants, right? Yeah. Uh, for example, my mom, my literally my whole family other than me who was born here, they all came from the Philippines. And for Your sisters too, yeah, they were born there too. Um, oh, wow. They, my grandpa, my grandma, my mom, my aunts and uncles, you know, they all came here because they were in search for a better life, not only for them, but that like trickled down. And my mom said somewhere along the lines, like she wants a good life for me too, and I'm super thankful that you know she did all the work that she did to this point and in the future to give me like the start and resources that are available to me nowadays to achieve the goals that, you know, I have either set for myself or want to achieve. Otherwise, all are in part due to the effort that she put in. And I think that acknowledging that is something that people should do a little bit more of on day to day. So say everyone call your parents or whatever and tell them thank you. And you love them. Yeah, and you love them. Right. Because they deserve it. They did, they did something to help get you to where you are, so. Yeah, and, you know, that's really, that's great because, like, you know, in my notes about how I defined a legacy of success, that was actually the other example I had next to artists who died and, Ooh, like, didn't have it. On so, the same page. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Same wavelength, as Peter likes to say. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, my God. He's, <laughs> it, was, it was, like, top ten most repeated words were, like, vibe. Vibe, chemistry, chemistry and wavelength. wavelength. <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> he's gonna come back to hear that, and we're just gonna roast him for it. Oh no, we'll, we'll have to roast him. He's gonna be back. So I think he's gonna be back really soon. Okay. Like maybe next week. So we should hold it. We should definitely hold it yeah, we'll next week. Over. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh. No. So exactly like that. Like that type of success. Really. Um. You know, it's super selfless, and it's it's not. It's either really selfless or it's so true that you can't like force it. Yeah. You know, and it, it's unfortunate that not a lot of people get that recognition that they want. Um, but I think that like creating a legacy um, definitely ends up in being successful for a lot of certain things. I mean, in, in the same way that you're like, you know, your mom came here with all of your relatives and they built this life here. And, you know, like 
Yeah. They've got you and like you're super educated, really yeah. cool. Like you I got know, a pretty good lease on life because of everything they did. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I, I owe a lot of it to both of my grandparents, you know, my both sets of my grandparents coming here, like really working their ass off to like, uh, you know, afford a life that was like close to family, like giving us the best opportunities that they could muster. And so yeah. like that legacy lives on really well. And I can only hope to do the same thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and I guess that doesn't have to be a type of success that you want to have at all times, but like I want it. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I guess this plays into the last and final point of success and how we talk about it, but, um, you know, fulfillment mm-hmm. and does success, you know, necessarily equal fulfillment? Are the two mutually exclusive or can you have both of them? You know, what are your thoughts on that? At the very basic level, you can almost say fulfillment is just like the chemical reaction in your brain that says like it makes you feel good you know it's like tying it to dopamine so for me it's almost hand in hand with successful which you know doesn't necessarily like you said doesn't have to be the case but i think i could say that a lot of times fulfillment is for me personally being happy in the moment Hmm. so i could get fulfillment for just having a good meal today and you know that's that's some fulfillment on some level for me, but I can also say that I will be fulfilled once I achieve something in the future, but I sort of have to define those two as different types of fulfillment because fulfillment in the current time, like today or right now, for me is almost synonymous with happiness and fulfillment in the future pertaining to a goal is almost what I would put as success. Mm. So it's like, it's, it's almost a crossroads, but yeah, I don't know. That's how I go about it. Hmm. Dan, do you have any thoughts about, you know, fulfillment and what it means to be fulfilled? Mm. Mm-hmm. I, mm. I mean, it's, that's a, it's a really this tough is our philosophizing one-on-one that we're doing right now. And it's I mean, like, we, it's not an, it's not an easy to answer thing. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like an, an easy thing to answer, right? Like, yeah. No, you don't, not at all. you don't necessarily have to answer, have an answer to that because Unfortunately, or fortunately, like sometimes it's a thing that not everyone knows how to define or knows that they're experiencing it in the moment. So fulfillment is a really interesting thing for me. I think of fulfillment as, um, you know, almost synonymous with, well, not synonymous, but, you know, inexcusably tied to your like, uh, like purpose when you're fulfilling something like, like, what are you fulfilling? You're fulfilling like some sort of a predetermined purpose that you've given to yourself. Right. And so like, I think fulfillment is such a weird, uh, it's such a weird goal to have. If we're talking about goals and success, I, I would almost consider fulfillment a goal, you know, this intangible goal. It could that, be, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like this intangible goal that we all try to get to. And for me, I, I really like how you said fulfillment can be both like, um, like it, it's also happiness, but it's also like a goal oriented thing, you know, but you know, fulfillment for me really comes down to like, it comes down to like fulfilling purpose, which is almost like ending the work that you're meant to do. And, you know, you can go your whole life trying to find the work you're meant to do and then like never complete it. Yeah. And so and so I think fulfillment, fulfillment's a really touchy subject because, you know, it really depends on how you view, you know, what happens with fulfillment, whether or not fulfillment is finishing the work that you're meant to do or if fulfillment is only tap, only finding happiness and being, you know, experiential. Or if fulfillment is like, or if fulfillment is like doing things until you die, you know, like doing things until you physically cannot do them anymore. And so like, 
I, I guess fulfillment really like lies under a much more experiential idea of success, you know? Fulfillment as a goal really depends on a subjective idea of what we're trying to get to and sort of uh, how we achieve a predetermined idea of success, yeah. right? And so like the two work together in such an interesting way because success, success can be defined by like how we, like what type of values we have and fulfillment is sort of like the manifestation of all of those values into something tangible, Ooh. but something tangible and yet something we can't really trace immediately, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you can be fulfilled on so many different levels. If you manage to hit all your macros today, like yeah. you're fulfilled, you know, I feel good about myself. I feel fulfilled in my day's work that I did something like that. And my stomach might not be fulfilled. True. You yeah. might not even be filled. Yeah. You might still be hungry. If you yeah. hungry. <laughs> yeah. I'm not full or filled. Yeah. But like, um, you know, or if your longtime goal is to get a degree from Harvard and you get it, you could be fulfilled. But I don't necessarily think that fulfillment is ever, um, is ever quelled. I think fulfillment, it, it definitely just happens on and on and on. As much as you live, as much as you like, you, as much as your like goals evolve with you and your age, mm -hmm. like fulfillments will evolve with them like 10 times. It's almost uh, exponential. The more, the more you like fulfill your own successes, the more your fulfillment and successes become difficult to achieve, mm -hmm. you know? And so I guess fulfillment isn't much of an achievement as much as it is, um, as much as it is just like the continuation of work and the continuation of more goals and the continuation of like creating more and more legacy. You know, it's, it's a weird way of looking at it that definitely deserves some, you know, introspective thought yeah. on how we look at it. But it's, you know, like I said, I always think of it as the manifestation of these values that create success. That's a pretty you know? profound way of looking at it. Yeah. And I mean, it might not, me it might not even mean anything, but line. like, I, 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 but you know, I think it's important <laughs> to think about fulfillment, you know, especially now that we're at this juncture in life where yeah. we're, we're at a, we're at a place where we're all like trying to figure out where to, where to go or what to do next. So. Yeah. And like, you know, being goal oriented and having this idea of success and fulfillment is, is important because it helps us orient ourselves in a way that, you know, helps like a puts us on the best path. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, you know, creating small opportunities for ourselves and taking small steps. And I think that like, if this podcast episode has done anything for anyone listening, it's I hope that we've all thought about orienting ourselves in a way that best suits our overall desires. Yeah, this is like kind of a therapeutic talk as much as it is for us as it might just be like a lecture for whoever's listening, you know? So. Yeah, like, you know, and, you know, be advised, like, I think the big things to get from this are that success is never, uh, success is never like what anyone else tells you it is. Mm -hmm. Success comes in small steps over a long period of time. It's you in know? waves. It's a, it's a flowing and a, a pushing and ebbing and flowing thing. Yeah. So success involves failure or yep. defeat and, you know, trying to reshape and redefine what that experience was to you in a specific way. And it also depends on thinking about fulfillment and what would make you fulfilled right now and how that, how that can evolve in the future. Inevitably, it's important to have a great support system like we, like we all here yeah. at the podcast have. You know, I, I know that I can call anyone in this group and be like, hey, I need some advice. Yeah. Like, Same here, I need dude. to pick me up. And so, you know, thank your friends. Like, keep your friends close. Always check in. And always, you know, be that sort of, a, be that sort of environment that pushes each other forward. You know, the only way that we all get better is if we all push each other, mm -hmm. right? That's the type of environment that I would think leads to a better like overall group if we're all successful then you know it's better for everyone yeah yeah, yeah.
Wow, way to give everyone an existential crisis. There you go, everyone. (laughs) Happy, sweet dreams on that one. That's pretty good, dude. All the time, man. What? JP. What? Giving people existential crisis? Well, maybe not crisis, but it's just like the profound thoughts. Gotta think of them. That's just how it is. That's just how it be. Mm -hmm. People don't think it be like it is, but it do. But it do. You can tell black science, man. (laughs) (laughs) What's that other meme that's like? Like you can tell it is the way it is. You can tell oh, it. You is. can tell it by the way. That, that's the yeah. What is it's that? It's pretty neat. <laughs> it's it's like some forest like nature walk guy. I've never like, I've never. Um, that's pretty neat. I've never been able to like recall that entire meme correctly. Oh, I'll I'll show you the video. Like, yeah, I, I gotta look fun. at it. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, yeah I mean, are we done? I, I I ask everyone or implore everyone really, if you've got any other ideas about you know different types of success or you know what are even your long and short term goals like. What share. is what is our uh, success of legacy other than this podcast? Right? I mean, we're creating the we're success of legacy right we now. We already said that we wanted it to be like a time capsule. And here so it is. We'll be able to look at this and think either we'll we'll go to that shower thought where it's your future your future self is talking shit about you, or we'll be like, you know what, this is pretty still cool. I always like that that response. That's like, well, I'm gonna ruin his fucking <laughs> life. <laughs> Jokes on him. I'm gonna fucking ruin his life. Yeah. yeah. Screw you, future Aaron. You're a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> You're all a part of our time capsule now, mm-hmm. everyone. We love you for that. Okay. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> We still don't have a sign-off or anything. Yeah, I mean, we should think of one. Dan, you got a good idea for a sign-off at this point? No. No? (laughs) Does anybody even listen? That's the... Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah? Yeah, actually. We could say something like, this is us signing off. Ooh. (laughs) Wait, let me have my automaton. Your automaton. Oh, how about let's make an automaton sign-off with this. How do I... What should I do? Something going lower. Ha, 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 ha.